plethora of topics to bring to you guys today. And we're going to start off with Nikki. So <clears throat> my first topic would be a fan topic. Actually, someone came to us and wanted us to talk about it. Um, his name is Darren King. <clears throat> and he wants to know why do friends not stick around when times get hard? Um, do you want us to answer the question first? Or do yes, you want- that's fine. Okay. So, um, from my perspective, it depends what type of, like, tough time I guess you're having. Because you have those situations where it's like, you know, like, those, okay, everybody goes through this, like, you can get through it time, a tough time. Like, if it's like an everyday kind of issue and your friend leaves you, then you just have a sucky friend. But if it's like one of those some things are just emotionally draining so like for example if you have a friend i can see why or i can see how people in abusive relationships or um just that people that constantly put themselves in certain situations i could see how their friends tend to not stick around a whole lot because you get tired like you get emotionally drained and a lot of people are in in, in past and don't realize it so this person's constantly having the same problem over and over and over and over. And you keep helping them find solutions. But at the end of the day, it's not that they really want a solution. They just want to vent. And me personally, as a friend, I'm not into hearing the same problem more than twice. If we talk about it the first time, okay, cool. We're going to come up with a, with a, with a way to solve it. Mm-hmm. The second time, okay. Did you try what we did the first time? No. Okay. Let's reiterate the plan and let's enact that plan. When you come to me the third time with the same problem, that I mean, you want to be in that situation <laughs> and you don't like it. Like, the third time, mm-mm, I ain't got time for that. I don't want to hear it no more. And if that pisses you off because I'm saying I have to protect my energy because it's draining to have to listen to somebody complain about the same shit over and over. And I don't think people realize that. And in a way, that's being selfish on the complainer's part for not even thinking about how that could emotionally be taking a toll on the person that they're constantly complaining. Because a lot of times, these people will call you at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and expect you to be there for them with the same problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now you interrupting my sleep pattern because you a dummy. I ain't got time for that. That you gonna go back to anyway. Yeah. But you my friend, though, Kyla. You my friend. <laughs> I'm your friend between the hours of 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. <laughs> That's too funny. No, but Kyla, I think you really nailed it. There's nothing. We can't. Ain't can nobody come back on what you just said because you really nailed it. What it comes what it comes down to is really is when you evaluate the actual relationship when you say friend i need to know what your definition is of friend because i want to be able to fully understand what you mean by friend is it somebody that you just you friends with because you know they got something that you don't or you could depend on them or your expectation was they were always going to come through for you based on whatever your situation is or is it a true friendship in that hey you don't have any expectations between the two people and um and then something comes up and then all of a sudden they disappear you know i need clarity on that on the side of the person asking the question because i really want to be able to fully understand what they mean by friend Right, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, so like, okay, so on my end, I feel like people use that word loosely. 
Yes. Very loosely. Like, yes. You can't just meet me and I'm all of a sudden your friend. You don't know right. me. You don't exactly. know. I don't trust people like that. Like those girls <laughs> yeah. that all of a sudden be like, friend, hey, friend, oh, friend, yeah. friend. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. So I <laughs> you don't know friend. me. You don't know <laughs> nothing about me but my name at this point. That so, makes yeah. me feel like that's why you calling me friend because you don't even yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, just just because you say the word friend, friend don't automatically mean that. Oh, it's a friendship. You know. Correct. So it so, just don't mean that. Just. Just based on the question, I'm going to take it as if he actually means his, like, close friend. But mm-hmm. on piggybacking on what Kyla said, I feel um, like if you have the friend that has the same problem all the time. So mm-hmm. let's just say, um, okay, I'm going to be honest. I have a friend. She's in this relationship. And... It's just like, okay, the first time I got your back, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? The second time, it's like, okay, okay, yeah, I understand you're going through this, but what you going to do? <laughs> then mm-hmm. the third time, it's like, okay, no, you you want to be in this situation. You like there this you situation. Go. Even mm-hmm. if you're sitting there asking questions, you can't get an answer on what do you get out of this so it's just like okay cool you handle that and when you finish handling that then you could hit me back up or if you have if you have any other situation you know let me know but that one no any, I don't want to like, talk about that one no more That's <laughs> <laughs> any other any other situation yes I'll be happy to help with but I don't think it's more of friends don't stick around I feel like when People really know you. They remove their selves. Mm. If somebody, point, you just gotta, cause a lot of times it's a, like I said, it's a, it's all an energy thing. Cause then they're gonna sit there, they're gonna vent to you, they're gonna tell you what's going on, they're gonna tell you, and then this happened today, and then then I'll tell you what happened last week, and da da and you're hearing basically the same things over and over and over and over. And then by the time you get off that phone call, you feel fucked up and you feel great because it was a transference of energy. They sucked all the positive and good energy you had out of you when you jumped on the phone call and gave you all the, the fucked up energy they had. Mm-hmm. And you want, yeah. now you feel everything they didn't have. If it was relationship, now you fight with your man. If, if it was yeah, this, that, now that, you feel not- some type of way. <laughs> like, mm. okay, I had a friend who was homeless but she was homeless by choice she did not have to be homeless so the first time we discussed the issue okay I feel bad that you're in this situation but you know you don't have to be homeless like you could go home to your parents house whenever you want like you don't have to be homeless and you know that oh yeah but they're not gonna let my man come stay there so I'd rather be with him okay so you're choosing (laughs) to be homeless in the street with a man Instead of having a roof over your head where you could be there with your child. Okay. Oh my God. And the next thing you know, they get a place. It don't work out. They end up back on the street like within maybe a month or two. So now they back homeless. So I'm like, okay, you know, at any time you could give up and go to your parents' house. You do not have to be living out of your car. Like that's rough, son. Like you could go home. 
yeah, but he won't have nowhere to go, and I'm not that. I'm I'm a ride or die. I'm a ride or die. All right, bitch, you dying right now, but okay. <laughs> so then it was um, he gave her an out, and she still didn't take it. They had got into this huge argument. She called me. And she was like, yeah, he telling me to go drop him to the shelter and just go about my business. I'm like, bitch, do it. Do it. Please. Yeah. He's telling you to drop him to the shelter. This is your out. This is your, you've been hollering about, you don't want to be the one to be like, Mm -hmm. I'm just leaving him and going back because I know I got to, I know where it's good at and I know where I can lay my head at. So now he's giving you an out to drop him to the shelter so you have an excuse to go live back at your parents' house so you have a roof over your head. You don't have to be homeless. You know she argued with him until he changed his mind. Oh my god! No, she's no. You know what? That's called. Uh, that's just called um, social suicide. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> the best way I can describe. Homeless describe for like two years. I'm gonna say on and mm. off because in those two years they had apartments for short stints of time, but it was always like some bad decisions that they made that they ended back out on the street or whatever. So it was like on and off for two years, they was homeless, probably like the most consecutively that me and her were friends. It was Mm -hmm. probably like almost like six months to eight months that they were living in the back of her van. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you don't have, you know, you don't have to live like this. And that's crazy. And to me, why would you want a man that wants you to be homeless with him? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unless he had a real plan and he was like, look, here's what we're going to do. X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think they were just winging it. Uh, not only that, I also think... Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to hear this homeless thing no more. After after she had got the apartment the first time and then mm-hmm. a month later she was calling me like, yeah, we back out on the street because I didn't like how the landlord was... So I was like, bitch, oh, I don't want to no, no, no. be homeless. No, you that's, be that's absolutely. It's called financial irresponsibility. You guys invest it in wasn't a place. Even that, that's the thing. It was something so simple. Okay, so we know that like um, housing that accepts Section Eight vouchers and HUD vouchers and sure. stuff like that, sure. it's typically not the best landlords in the world because sure. they're used uh-huh. to dealing with a certain demographic of people that absolutely. they don't deserve mm-hmm. basic right. humanity, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So. We all know this. So the yep. apartment happened to be in one of those areas where majority of the people back there are on government housing. Okay. So you can't expect to get gated community treating in right. government housing. They're not going to treat you <laughs> the same. Is it wrong? Yes. Is it true? Yes. But so that's where they were. And um, apparently, okay, there was two issues. She said she realized there was a roach problem when she got there. So she kept complaining about that. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, she said in the washroom there was like there must have been a leak from the upstairs neighbor because she realized there was like a trail of water going down the wall and where Mm -hmm. the trail of water was it was eating away the sheetrock to the point where it had a hole in it so she was complaining about the hole in the sheetrock so she was like I'm complaining about the roach problem I'm complaining about the hole in the sheetrock so he came and he exterminated about the roaches but then with the hole in the sheetrock issue he hadn't really replied back to her about that for like, I think about a month, month and a half or so. So okay. he told her, hey, go ahead and patch it or fix it or pay someone to fix it. And whatever you pay for it, I'm going to knock it off of your rent. Oh, that's cool. So 
I'm assuming here from knowing her, she didn't have the money or didn't want to shell out the money. I'm going to say she didn't have the money. And instead of okay. saying she didn't have the money, okay. I think her pride got so big and in the uh, way. Instead uh, of being able to say, look, I don't have the money to go and pay for somebody to come and fix it for you to knock it off my thing. So she kept arguing with him to come and fix it. And then when he kept basically saying, look, I can't, I have this and this and this to take care of. It's going to be a sure. while before I get to that. Understood. And I'm like, dude, that's a good deal. I was like, it's not what you want, but it's a solution. It if is, yeah. And fix it, shit, he's going to knock it off your rent. Why the fuck not? Exactly. Why, so why not? Instead yeah. of accepting that, she was like, nah, fuck that, we out of here. And decided to okay. be homeless again. Okay. Instead of patching the hole in the oh wall. Oh my and God. I'm like, dude, you know how much it costs for like plaster? It's like what ten bucks for like a thing of plaster. She could have not much, right? Exactly. DIY, you too. <laughs> Come on now. I'm like, that was the dumbest decision I think I've ever heard anybody fucking make. And yeah. she's like, gets really sensitive when you call her stupid or you call her dumb or you tell her something she's doing is stupid or dumb. Cause not, it's not necessarily I'm like you're stupid, but I'm like that's a stupid decision. And she yeah, gets really like absolutely. she's really super sensitive about that. She's like, "Oh, you're calling me dumb. You're insulting my intelligence, bitch." You know what? You know, take it that way because I am. Because who At would decide point, to be homeless over patching a hole in the wall? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's no, crazy. that's unreasonable. That's yeah, irrational thinking. Yeah, so and you're not point, even on. I was yeah, like, yeah. you want to be homeless. There you go. It must be comfortable to them. They got used to yeah. it. You must like sleeping in, in your front mm -hmm. seat of your van. Like, I don't know what else to tell you because for somebody who was telling me she was homeless for so long and then they finally got into that apartment, what the fuck? The first situation is. that made them homeless, she got yeah. into it with the guy's um, stepmom. They, mm. they was living with the stepmom and the daddy, the boyfriend's stepmom and daddy. And instead of humbling herself, because, I mean, you are living in these people's house, so you can't really be, yeah, you're not supposed to let nobody play with you, but you gotta pick and choose your battle. And sure. she let the smallest thing that the woman did. Now, out of everything she done told me the woman done did, she done told me a lot of other things that I probably would have gave her the right of way to go off about. But there uh -huh. was, like, this one small thing that set her off. And mm. next thing you know, they out on the street. And I'm like, you just couldn't hold your fucking tongue, huh? Wow. Yeah. You know what? I My perception based on what you've been sharing is that um, this young lady has unrealistic expe expectations and she's got some growing up that she needs to to, to, to to experience. She's she's not grown up. She's not fully matured yet because some of these simple things in life, she's not really she's not processing it right. It's just, it's just, it's and just the ridiculous. Fact that your man let you make that decision for y'all to go be homeless instead of patching a oh hole my in God. the wall. What? That's a, that's a whole other conversation, a key, right? Yes. So during mm. all of this, her basically her parents have raised her kid. Like, mm. so everything's she, been done for her. She's never really done situation. anything for herself in life. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I really hope that she can um, wake up one day and really start, you know, taking a look inside to, to be able to help make some changes because um, she's headed for self-destruction. But at a certain point, I just couldn't feel bad for her no more because I'm yeah. like... Yeah, that's not a friend. Yeah, she's not like, a friend. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't listen to this no more telling me how. Yeah. Like, she really called me one day and was like, it was something about, she was complaining about this woman at a park. And I guess her being homeless made her sympathize with homeless people more. But I was mm-hmm. like, some people really are homeless because they're drug addicts and they choose to be homeless. But over, like, they choose to be in the street so they can do their drugs in peace versus going home where somebody's going to try to make them stop doing their drugs or their alcohol or whatever it is. I was like, not everybody's homeless because of an accident or bad luck or, you know, whatever, stuff like that. So I guess she was, like, trying to relate her situations to other homeless people she would see on the street or whatever and she called me one day and was pissed because this girl was eating crawfish in the park and they had a homeless man like sitting across watching her and she was like she was like I kid you not she was like Kylie you don't think that's fucked up and I'm like (laughs) <laughs> well, what exactly was she doing? Like, was she like eating the crawfish? Like, ah, you can't have none. Like, that's been extra hard. Like, it's so good. It's so good. Like, I'm like, it's a park. If she wanted to go buy a pound of crawfish, or three pounds of crawfish, and sit in the park and eat her crawfish, she, she could do whatever the, the heck she wants. Like, you well, in a public space. She was like, well, she could have went go sit on, like, the opposite side of the park. She saw that homeless man sitting there, and she just going to sit. I'm like, girl, get off my phone. I don't have time for this. Bye. She <laughs> acting like she like, she acting like the park is in her name. She owned that park, so she got a problem with somebody I'm in like, a public space. That's ridiculous. Go get him some. You know I'm what I'm exactly. saying? I'm like, that's hilarious. Get off my phone. I'm not about to sit here and listen to this. Like, what? Girl, bye. Oh, that's hilarious, Kyla. Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Me and her are not friends anymore. Oh, I'm I'm glad. (laughs) And that is the conclusion of that question. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Oh, my God. That's too funny. No, but um, but yeah, you you shared some really powerful insights, Kyla. So, question, Kyla. This ties into my other question. This is me personally. My question: Do you feel as if friendships can be rebuilt after a big fallout? So, mm. would you be able to be friends with her again? Nope. Mm. And it's because we actually fought at the end of our fallout. So okay. No. Because once I fight you, I'm going to want to fight you again. Oh, every time yeah. I lay my eyes on you. Yeah. <laughs> once I fight you, it's, go- it's up and it's over. It's over. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> wow. That's it. I'm not going to... I can't be friends with you again. And I also feel like once you've made me cross that line, because I'm a very, like... It takes a lot to piss me off and get me to the point to where I want to put my hands on you. So right. once you get me there, you get me across that line to where I have to, okay, now I got to show you what these paws do. So yeah. when I get there, That's now it. it's like I can't be friends with you no more because you done took me out of my element. Like you done Absolutely. made me show you a side of me I ain't never showed you before. Like you done made right. me treat you like some random bitch off the street. And right. you can't go back from that. Right. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's a powerful question, though, because, you know, we live in this world where people are like, oh, yeah, there's chances, there's second chances, chances for reconciliation, all this, that, and the other. And look, I, I've been through enough relationships to know that, um, um, yes, that's a possibility. It is possible. 
but you really got to look at it's it's really based on the individual situation to be able to fully answer that question um for me i know and when it came to a friendship i remember in the friendship sharing so many times like look one things i I, one thing i cannot tolerate is a lie and once i find you lying to me that's it when the lie happened it was nothing for me to be like okay this is over i'm done there's no no need for a second chance or nothing like that because bottom line is i already set i put all the cards on the table you put all your cards on the table what happened what went down he did you lied to me it's over for me you know it's it's like i'm not gonna (laughs) lie it's like really hard like because first of all it's really hard for me to even socially speak to people um Mm. like it's hard for me to even like build a relationship with people because i'm i automatically feel you when i walk in the room so once i get to that point where oh okay you actually cool like i could actually see my life with you in it type stuff you know so once we get to that point in my mind you in my life for life Mm. you know so if you do something okay whatever people mess up right and it takes a whole lot for me to finally just be like you know what now I gotta be mad at myself because I allowed you in my life yes there you go. That so, part. I think that's a that's Capricorn it. thing, though. Like, we be like... <laughs> that's it. I don't even be talking to people. I don't even know why I talk to you. <laughs> mm, that's like, funny. how did I not see this? Did I ignore the red flags? What, what we happened? We see it. We just be trying to get... That's a good question. Because we don't be wanting to be, like, an asshole. Because everybody thinks yeah. we assholes. That's what it yeah. is. Uh-huh. So, when yep. it gets to and- that point to be able to really cut the person off, it just be like... Okay. It's hard. Oh, yes. yeah, you're right. It's no, really you talk hard. about hard, you're right. No, you are, at, Nikki, you are absolutely correct on that. I may have sounded like, hey, I just cut it off as if like it was easy for me. But let me tell you, I'm also <laughs> what they call in psychology, they call an empath. And I believe you are too, Kyla. So I think the three of us are all empaths. So we actually have feelings and emotions when it comes to people we care about, okay, and not just that, we can feel their feelings anymore. Yes, we know how they exactly. feel before they even tell us how they feel. Exactly, so. exactly. I can sense stuff, okay. And I'm a guy, and usually you say guys don't sense stuff. For me, I can tell you about me sensing stuff, and you wouldn't believe. But bottom line is, I was able to sense things. But in the case of the situation where I had to break it off, oh, trust me, I tried to make a call to reach out i just tried everything to try to make it work you know say hey look look, i just want to at least have a conversation so that i can at least be able to get an understanding (laughs) but no that wasn't given to me and that's when i realized that oh okay so it's like that all right well then i'm gonna have to get beyond my feelings for that person i'm gonna have to take back my power and move on that's a very difficult thing to do i think I'm i'm a serial ghoster so like, and when I say ghosting, if I ghost you for longer than a month, that means I moved on from you. If I ghost you for like a couple of days, like if you send me a message and you see I read it, I probably just got busy or I probably typed out a reply but didn't press send or something like that. It give it give it like a week or two. I'll send you a reply. But yeah. if it's been longer than a month, that means I moved the fuck on from you. <laughs> like yeah, I don't want thirty days. Huh? <laughs> so eviction notice. 
I yeah. actually have a friend that like I I left her alone because at some point I realized my my role in her life and a lot of times is that too like uh, people don't realize you might think of somebody in a certain way like for instance if I call you a friend that means I love you like family yes. I have a love for you like yes. as yeah. if you are my family absolutely that's how I am too title. that's how so I am I as well go above and beyond for you like, don't mm-hmm. call me with no problems that you don't want handled because yes. I'm putting up with the toolie. Like, don't play yeah. with my friends. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> at the end of the but I had this one friend. I've been knowing her since she was, what, 15? She just kind of clung to me. I think I was, like, 20 at the time, 19 going on 20. Like, she just kind of clung to me. So, um, I just had to get rid of her, what, about a it's been about a year and a half now maybe almost two years since the last time I spoke with her but I had to realize I love her as if like a big sister little sister relationship but she looks at and it's not just me I realize she does this with a lot of people she looks at people as if what can I get from them right now oh wow like she's one of those people she's one of those people that you'll go three, four, five months without hearing from her and when she calls you is not to catch up or see how you're doing or tell you what's been going on with her. It's a, hey, I need something call. Mm-hmm. It's never a genuine I I really want to check on you kind of call. Yeah, it's that's a one-sided a, relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. It's always a, I'm trying to see what you can do for me. So, right. I just had to stop talking to her. And when I stopped, when I stopped answering her calls and her text messages, you know, she started popping up to my apartment. <laughs> like she would find a ride. Now she, mind you, she always called for a ride. Mm-hmm. Anytime wow. she called, if it wasn't a ride, it was money. It was, hey, can you PayPal me the X amount of wow. dollars? Can you PayPal me this? Can you PayPal me that? And if it wasn't the PayPal, it was a ride. Hey, what you doing today? When she asks, what are you doing today? Or what's your plans for the day? She's trying to figure out if she can work in whatever errand she needs to run. And usually it wasn't anything. Through you. It was something like, oh, can you take me to go get pills? Can you take me to go yeah. get drugs? Can you take me to go get this? Like, it was never anything productive. It was never like, hey, can you take me to fill out a job application? Hey, can right. you take me to go do, you know, it was never nothing like that. It was always something stupid. So mm. I realized that too. Like it was never, and then you were going out of your way and it was never like, oh, I'm going to fill up your team. Like she would call and be like, hey, I need you to take me. Like, for example, I live in Lafayette. She would ask me to take her like to Sunset. That's like a 45 minute to an hour ride from Lafayette. <laughs> and you for what? She was like, oh, I need to go get a pill. A pill? <laughs> you want me to take you from Lafayette to Sunset to buy a pill? You got a problem. Mm. You got that's a problem. That's crazy. And I'm not supporting your habit. Like, that's crazy. I'm not. Yeah. And you want to give me how much for gas? Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> for a 45 minute ride. If you don't that go to your ass and when I stop answering her phone calls, now you calling me for a ride, but somehow you're yeah. able to find a ride to pop up at my house to see why I'm not answering your calls and your text messages. And I never really gave her an excuse or gave her a reason or anything like that of that nature. I just kind of just stopped answering her calls and her text messages. She came up with a reason in her own head. So recently I heard from a mutual friend that she thinks I stopped talking to her because she thinks my boyfriend made me stop talking to her because my boyfriend knows her too. But that's not the case at all whatsoever. Um, She made up this story in her head that I guess at one point 
she was having conversation with my boyfriend way before I met him. Like this was like a few years ago, way before I met him. But me knowing her, I already know in her head, it was about seeing what she could get from him. He has a car, he has his own place. He has, wow. he got money, he got this. So I know for her, it was trying to see what she could get out of it. It wasn't, I know it wasn't a real relationship. Like it wasn't like over talking to see if we can make this into something. Mm. Like I already know what it was for her. Right. He had already told me that prior when he found out that me and her were friends, he he was upfront and honest. He was like, yeah, at some point I was trying to holler at her, you know, whatever, whatever. He was like, he told me about it. But he figured out that she was just trying to use him. He was like, yeah, she called me like we had only been talking for like a week. And she called me out the blue trying to ask me to give her a ride from New Orleans back to Lafayette or whatever. So she wanted me to leave Lafayette, go to New Orleans, pick her up and come drop her back to Lafayette. And she didn't want to give me no pussy. Fuck that. So... <laughs> Wow. So he was upfront and honest about it. So I already know all of this. He never once was like, oh, I don't want you to be cool with her. But she thinks, and I had told her I knew that at one point they was having text conversations or whatever. So somehow she came to the conclusion that I wasn't talking to her because of him. But mm -hmm. I really stopped talking to her because of the using thing on top of the fact that she kept trying to, I had moved. So she doesn't mm -hmm. know where I stay at now. So she kept trying to ask for my address and I didn't want to give it to her because I don't want you popping up to my house randomly Absolutely. asking for shit. Right. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't because the, the mutual friend that told me this just had to ghost her too because the girl was popping up to her house at like 10 and 11 o'clock at night. Oh my God. Asking for money. Wow. At night asking for money. Yeah, That's like she so called crazy. and was like, she called me and was like, you know what, Kyla? I thought that maybe you and her were like beefing or whatever. And I said, I told you I don't have no beef with her. Like, I don't have no beef with her. Like, I don't have no ill will, no intent to this girl, nothing. I just had to stop being there for her because it was not beneficial to me in any kind of way. It was a one-sided friendship. Right. So I was like, whatever she's telling you to make you feel like there may have been a beef, I was like, I'm telling you, me and this girl don't have no, I don't have no beef with her. I right. just didn't want to be involved with her no more. So eventually she was like, I get what you mean. She was like, you told me how she was popping up to your house and stalking you, trying to see if you was home and stuff. She said, you know, last night I'm laying in bed with my old man and there's a knock at the door at like 1030 at night. And she said, you know, I jump up. Because I'm like, who the fuck is at my house at this time? And she looks like, you know, I look out the window and I'm trying to see who it is. And it's like a, a tall figure, but I don't really recognize who it is. So she was like, I go and I open the door because they keep knocking, keep knocking. So she was like, I open the door. It's her. And I was like, she didn't tell you she was coming to your house? She was like, no, she just popped up there. She said, well, she did text me earlier in the day. I was like, well, what she said? So she was like, yeah, she texted me and asked if she could borrow like 30 bucks. And I told her I don't have no change. No, no, no. She Ooh. asked if she could cash app her or hmm. her Venmo, whatever, if she could wire her $30, $30. And she told her she only had cash on her. This bitch <laughs> popped up to get the cash. That is hilarious. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I told you, like, she'll just start popping up to your house. Like, if you try to ghost her, <laughs> she will start popping up to your house. Like, it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, dude, she got a problem. Yeah, without question. 
So yeah, she gave the girl question. money or whatever, but she was like, that's the last time I really, like, she was like, I can't deal with that because, like, what the fuck? Why would you just drive all the way out? And then she, this girl lives all the way in the country. So you drove, like, <laughs> at least an hour or an hour and 15 minutes to get to this girl's house to ask for $30. And she, like, when she asked for the money, the girl told her, she, I don't have no small bills. So the girl was like, well, just go ahead and give me, like, give me a hundred. It's cool. <laughs> what? Yes! Okay. <laughs> Kyle, okay. You know, this is comedy. This is nothing but comedy right now. I'm, this is real people. That is people. so crazy. This is real people that I really knew <laughs> know. Like, they do stuff like this. So, yeah, I can see how you could just give up on somebody because they're hopeless. And I mean, right. I wish her the best. I know that she yeah. does have a, a drug issue and a drug problem, and she probably doesn't want to admit it, and she's not mm. ready to address it yet. Yes. Because that's where majority of her money is going. And that's another reason why I can't help or support you because I'm not going to support your habits. If you yeah. want to have a habit, you need to be making enough money to support that motherfucker. I don't support nobody's habits. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No, I agree with you. That is so crazy. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I do not support habits. I got buku friends that get mad at me because they'll be like, oh, Kyla, you can't just give me $5 for a pack of cigarettes. Nope. I don't smoke cigarettes and I'm not contributing to your habits. If you ain't got no money for no cigarettes, if you ain't got no money for no beer, you need to be making mm -hmm. enough money to support your habit. Otherwise, you need to be thinking about quitting because I ain't got, to, I'm not supporting your habits. And and Tyler, you are nobody's bank. None of us are anybody's bank. But guess what? Some people have that mentality, the sense of entitlement that, look, whatever you got, I should have access to because we friends. <laughs> that's what that is. That's what that's, that's all about. Absolutely right. Some people really do think like that, though. They they think because you're friends, they're entitled mm -hmm. to whatever you do in your life, whatever yep. you have. <clears throat> Whatever yep. you say you're going to do, they expect you. There's people out here who, if you was to hit a million dollars tomorrow, they expect for you to bring them all something just off the fact that y'all are free. Just because, yep, that's it. It's a sense of entitlement. And that's the problem I have with the concept of people that call people friends when in reality they're not friends. They're people you're leeching on. You, you, you want to leech. And I'm saying, I'm just saying it from the perspective of the person that is not really a friend okay yeah, yeah not, that's all that i'm saying and um it's, just, it's unfortunate but there's a lot of people like that it's just the one the one-sided situation for me like okay from taking a step looking back i feel like um i'm the friend that you call when you need advice type thing because I have mm -hmm. my moments where I'll be like okay I'm coming let's go we could go out and then I, I'll be like nah y'all I ain't going I'm staying house or mm -hmm. I'm that friend that'll back out of something real real quick <laughs> so I'm not right. really, I'm not really the friend that'll be like okay I'm gonna go or but if you need me to do a real turn up right quick like we finna go bust some tires or some stuff like that. I'm down with that quicker than I am to go okay. to the club. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> you need some real advice. I'm here. So, yeah. so now I'm starting to think like that's all I'm good for. Mm. You, you know? Yeah. 
I don't know if I'm putting that correctly, but no, you you saying like, it right. I feel like when you're going through something, I'm the person you want to run to. But when your life is good and all these other things, it's forget me. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? So that's when I, that's when I go back to I give people a whole lot of chances. Mm-hmm. And then when I take a step back and reevaluate, it just be like, oh, so mm-hmm. so when you was doing this, this, and this, you didn't think about me. But yeah. the moment it's tears and you hurt and you don't know what to do and all this other stuff, that's mm-hmm. when you call Nikki. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? To piggyback on this whole discussion about friends. Uh, and this, I think, kind of um, this is just another perspective I wanted to share was you, you one of you guys touched on this. You might have been unique. You said something about red flags. Yeah. And um, so then the next follow up question is, well, how do I find out in order for me to really establish a relationship with a friend is how do I look back and see what kind of red flags was in that relationship that I need to look out for in the future? OK in that relationship and so how do you find what what are red flags in friendship relationships and so that might be an important thing to at least for us to at least engage in conversation with bring them to your old ass auntie house or your old ass grandma (laughs) they gonna say as soon as they work through walk through the door they pull you to the side and say get rid of that one Yeah, pull to the side. My family get, ain't doing get that. Get rid of that one. Get <laughs> rid a, of that. That one. is Who hilarious. Is you brought in my house. Mm-mm. Kick them. Yeah. They gotta go. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the discernment. I don't know if it's the age. I don't know it's, what it's, it is. But anybody sixty yep. and older. Yep. can differentiate between a good friend and a bad friend just by looking at Within them. two minutes. And yep. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they just looking them in the eyes, if they just looking them up and down, giving them a whole evaluation. But I guarantee you, when I lived with my aunt, my, my grandmother's sister, when I lived with her, uh-huh. any female friend that I brought over there from within the first five seconds of them stepping through that threshold into the house, she just automatically it was like she automatically knew and all the ones that she was like I don't like her get rid of her and I'd be like you ain't even talk to the girl like what do you mean get rid of her you don't like her but <laughs> she didn't I dare I shit you not every single one of those she did she that sensed the spirit. later yeah. on down the line me and yeah. that person had a big ass fallout because they were shady wow how about that listen about I have that? a I have a a friend that I've been knowing since the 10th grade of school, right? I've mm-hmm. been out of school for 10 years. So, mm-hmm. do the math. Anywho, she has, she's getting married and she asked everyone to be um, bridesmaids or whatever this weekend. But she calls everyone of, every one of them her best friend. And we're all like, you have too many best friends. So I'm asking mm-hmm. y'all, do you believe it's a cap on how many best friends you got? Absolutely. Um, yes, I do. And I think that goes back to what Wes said about, or I think maybe you both said it about people use the term too loosely. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what that goes back to. They want everybody to be their best friend. Oh, that's my best friend. If I've been talking to you for X, X, Y, and Z, that's my best friend. I know people that be calling people they work with their best friend. And I don't get, besides modeling, when I'm talking about a re- like a regular job, like a regular nine to five, I don't get mm-hmm. that close to people like that. With mm-hmm. modeling, I have to because there has to be a level of trust there with mm-hmm. all the traveling and you know all the, everything going on so you have to build some trust with people to the next yep. level that becomes like family like Wes is like family to me like I work with Wes oh, bless your heart. thank time. you sweetie yeah. so um, but outside of that like working a regular 9 to 5 I don't think I ain't never got close enough to a co-worker to where I even considered them to be a friend mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she goes to say I just call everyone my best friend like she pointed out one person was really like her cousin. The other person was like her god sister. The other person was like her real sister. But then it was what was left was like six of us. But they're still her best friends. She's like y'all all from different times of my life, and I'm just like everybody's still on the same thing. Like like don't get me wrong, when we all together. You know, we have a really good time. We grow to like e- we grew to like each other right. only because of her, you know. She's the yeah. glue to any mm. of us being around each other. But yeah. we still all stuck on you have too many best friends. That's not realistic. Right. Yes, I agree. I would Yeah, say- as much as you want everybody to be your best friend, that's just not the case. That's just not, it's just not real. I and just don't think it's real. That's on her. Because yeah. at the end of the day, not all of those, like if, I don't know how many of y'all it was. But 13. let's just say it's, okay, it's 13 of y'all. Realistically, somewhere down the line, she's probably going to lose about half of that. Mm-hmm. Somewhere down the line. At least, But that's yep. her life journey. That's her life lesson to learn that that's, that's something you can't, you so lightly you can't mm-hmm. throw that term out there and just give it to everybody just because mm-hmm. they hung in there with you for the last right. half and mm-hmm. it was there when you had a flat tire like that's not yeah. that don't make them your best friend like yeah but- and look she and they may all be good friends and I, I can agree with that and that that's a good thing you blessed if you got many friends you know but the, re- the reality of calling everybody your best friend that's that's a little unhealthy that's but a I little bit unhealthy. Oh, what's the definition of her lesson? Best friend. Hmm. Good question. I would call a best friend as somebody that has unconditional love for me, as I have unconditional love for them, and I will go through thick and thin with them, and um, I, I don't have no judgments. Um, you know, I'm there. I'm just really there for them because I really care for them deeply. For me, a best friend is somebody that I can talk to about anything, anything that I've ever experienced in life and can spit it out in front of them. And I not have to worry about, oh, my goodness, this is, is this going to get out there, you know. So um, I, I don't have too many of those. So I'm just trying to keep it real. So the Oxford Dictionary definition of best friend mm-hmm. is a person's closest friend. Mm-hmm. Notice it says closest, closest. friend. Yes. Duh. Yeah. Now closest. friends. Friend. Duh. Yeah. So one. Yeah, one. Um, 
but I would just think because I know a lot of people like that they just call everybody friend or call everybody best friend or you know whatever and I think some people just use it as um like a term of endearment kind of like you yeah. would call somebody boo or absolutely uh-huh. or, you know whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. honey sweetie whatever yeah yep. I think that some people use it as a term of endearment like that like um for example I I Megan Thee Stallion Megan Thee Stallion call everybody friend if you watch her videos she anytime she in a video it don't matter who she in a video with she always friend friend what you over there doing friend that's why I can't I don't trust that bitch I like her music but I don't trust her hey that's kind of like can't everybody be your friend that's right can't everybody be my friend like I was I was in five below that's my little story, y'all. <laughs> I, was in, I love that place too. <laughs> I was in five below, and these two girls was talking, and all like they wouldn't even say each other. At the beginning of each sentence, it was like, "Best friend, come look at this brush. Best friend, come look <laughs> at this friend. mirror. Best friend, come see this." And I'm just like, "Y'all not even friends at this point." Because <laughs> why you gotta announce it? That's to the how world? it feels. It doesn't yeah. feel genuine. It doesn't right. feel if you calling everybody friend, I don't genuinely feel like your friend. And I tend to yeah. know is that girls that use that term like that and just be like friend, 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 everybody friend. I usually end up having beef with them type of girls because they don't really mean friend. Like they just using it like you would use all oh, shit, boo, yeah. uh, sweetie, honey. Oh, right. should like it's it's a term, just a term of endearment. It's not like mm-hmm. the real meaning of friend or yeah. And most of the time, if I call somebody friend, that means I don't remember your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. You barely even know me. You not that even is funny. About some friend. That is funny. That's too funny. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever used that phrase. Like, okay, like if I'm sitting on like for extras, like they'll have us in holdings and stuff, like when we're on set and stuff, like getting ready to go to set. So like uh-huh. you see a lot of people that you probably worked on other movies or other TV shows and stuff with. Do you remember their name? No. So what did we say? Friend, come in, friend. You remember? There you we go. Remember we did calls together, friend, friend. Remember we was in that little movie together last summer, friend. Come here, friend. <laughs> That's because I don't remember friend name. <laughs> that is funny. But wait, funny. y'all. So I was, I was, I went to my actual best friend's house, and um, this dude walks in. They knew each other or whatever. This man told me his whole life. He didn't cry. He didn't pray. He didn't talk in tongues. He didn't shout it to Jesus. <laughs> and he didn't tell me his whole life story. And at the end, he said. Oh my God, I love you, sis. And I said, You don't know me. What do you mean? How am I your sister? My mama got three kids and my daddy got three. So I'm confused <laughs> on how am I your sister? Oh my God. You your, guys are killing me tonight. It's your oh, energy. I love it. It's your energy, baby. I hope you're reading the right energy because I think you're crazy. <laughs> no, but no, but Kyla, you touched on last episode, last uh, our last uh, podcast. You touched on that special gift you had. Sound like Nikki has that too. Which which one? That gift. It's that gift where people can feel like they're comfortable and they can just talk to you and share just all their lives. Enough to share anything. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know. 
And wait, um, let me tell you when me and Kyla, <laughs> when me and Kyla first met, we was telling each other our life story. Yeah, how about that? Wow. <laughs> That's okay, amazing. but you know what it is? Um, I think it's a spiritual thing. It's definitely on a spiritual level. People can yes. read your spirit, but yeah. I will also say this. Um, and a lot of people be like, oh, Zodiacs is bullshit. If you actually like get no, into, truth into astrology and zodiac signs and stuff like that of that nature, Capricorn are known to be teachers and nurturers. And um, we are very empathetic, even though we get a reputation for being cold hearted. But it's because we have to close ourselves off to keep all the other energies out. And Mm. we're also one of the karmic signs. And a lot of people don't know that. So and being a karmic sign basically means that if one of these if a karmic sign comes into your life, you're going to reap whatever karma you've been putting out there. So if you've been mm-hmm. putting good energy and good karma out there, then we're good coming into your life. To you. We're going to enter your life and we're going to return it back to you. If you've been That's putting some bullshit out there, we yeah. finna give you some bullshit. Right. And a lot of people don't know that about Capricorn being a karmic sign. So if you've been doing some fucked up shit and a Capricorn come into your life, oh, you about to <laughs> reap what you so baby. <laughs> it's about to be on and popping. What's your sign? What? My sign mm-hmm. is is Gemini. Okay. May 21st. I think I'm the first day of Gemini. So you got a little bit of those Taurus traits though. So what are the Taurus traits? Huh? What are what are the Taurus traits? Um I know Taurus get a lot cuz my sister's a Taurus. They have mm-hmm. a really good reputation for like loving food. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh my God. But like, Kylie, if you've have... been on my page, you know that's one of the things. If I don't put anything about photography, I put a lot of pictures about food. I'm <laughs> a foodie. I'm a diehard food. foodie. Like, love food. Like, me and my sister used to fight over food when we were kids. Wow. Like, they love food. Um, wow. They're very, very loving and very. People think that because their sign is the bull, that that mm-hmm. means that they're like very aggressive, which they can be. But you really have to push them to get there. Like, to the, uh-huh. that's not like me. Oh, like, he on the cusp of Gemini Taurus. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just starting. I'm, I'm the first day of Gemini, May so the twenty like, first. Yeah, they have um very. They're very compassionate. They're very mm-hmm. loving. That's true. That's true. And it takes a lot to trigger them. Yeah. Like, I, re- That's I can me. remember, like, growing up with my sister, before I even knew about, like, Zodiacs and stuff like that, or started, like, re- getting really into all of that stuff, um, it would take a lot to piss her off. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I would try to, like, trigger, <laughs> like, sometimes I That's would try toxic. to see what gets her. <laughs> no, because... She would do stuff to me, but it was like retaliation because, like I said, we're the karmic sign. So she mm-hmm. would do stuff to get me in trouble or stuff. Like I can remember one time she like threw, but they're very, they have very soft hearts. Cause mm-hmm. what happened was she had to be like four or five. She went in the refrigerator and opened a carton of eggs, like a full carton of eggs, and tossed all the eggs on the floor. What was the fucking point of that? 
I mm. don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what she was trying to accomplish, but she broke all of my mama's eggs on the floor. So my mama came downstairs and just so happened at the time my mama came downstairs to see what was going on, I was coming into the kitchen and seeing what had happened for mm-hmm. myself. So mm-hmm. my, my mom's like, she's only four, so why would she do that? So she blamed it on me, but I'm like, why would a 10-year-old be throwing eggs on the floor? Like, I got more sense than <laughs> what are you talking about. So I'm like, it wasn't me, it was her. So she didn't say anything. I'm like, tell her it was her. She would not say anything. She let me catch uh, that ass whooping by myself. Yep, she, she knew it. She, she knew it. The thing is, she knew what was going to go down. And she that- knew you would get blamed for it. Right, so that's she, why she did she that. Sat back and let me catch that. I did not speak to her for like a week. <laughs> we shared a room. I didn't talk to her for like a week. She would come and she'd be like, "Kyla, you want to play dolls with me?" And I would just look at her and I would look away. <laughs> I would pretend she wasn't there. Like I'm so serious. I would like act like she was not there. She would come and try to ask me that to get something off funny, the top Kyla. shelf for. I would act like she wasn't there. Like I completely ignored her for like a week, and it broke her. It broke yeah. her to the point where she was like crying, and she was uh-huh. like, "Kyla, please talk to me. I want to be your friend again. Please talk to me." And I did not talk to her. So finally, I get checked out of school early one day. And I'm like, okay, this is odd. So it's my mom. And my mom was like, your sister came and told me that it was her that broke the eggs. And, you know, I want to apologize. And I'm like, I told you, like, why would I be breaking Mm. eggs on the floor? You don't think at 10 10 years old, I would know that that's an ass whooping waiting? Like... That's amazing, Takayla. Oh my God. Super soft hearts. Wow. Wow. But yeah, that was premeditated. She knew exactly <laughs> what was going to go down. That was definitely premeditated. And they make friends easily. Yeah, that's me. That's how come I probably get five stars on my Uber and Lyft rides. <laughs> <laughs> they make yeah. friends so easy. Like, yeah. I was looking at her like, how are you talking to all these people? Because I would have been them, been like, leave me alone. Stop talking. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, to, like, kind of segue into the next segment, um, I kind of wanted to talk about the Trey Song situation that's going on. And I wanted to okay. get you guys' opinion on what do you think... Um, is happening with the situation or if, if you feel like it's true or what are your thoughts on the situation um so from the research um the re- from the research i've been doing um i watched an interview i gotta shout out my favorite blogger tasha k that's my girl okay so she did an interview with the accuser's lawyer um miss ariel mitchell is her name Mm-hmm. And um, so she sat down and did an interview with the accuser's lawyer. So from what we know, there are uh, all together, there are three girls that are accusing uh, Trey Songs that she's representing. One is a Jane Doe because she doesn't want her identity out there. The other two, they don't mind their identity being out there. Um, one of the girls is, and I believe it's the Jane Doe. She's saying that he anally raped her. And um, she has proof of all the encounters, or the encounter, let me say. She has proof of the encounter. Um, 
and she also did go to the hospital and this occurred um, from what I researched um, about three or four years ago maybe five years ago um, she did go to the hospital the night or directly the morning after she did get a rape kit done and in the hospital records it does say that significant damage was done to her internal organs through wow. her um <clears throat> that coincides with rape so mm. um with that being said i do i'm just gonna go ahead and put my opinion out there i think he did it the reason okay. why i think he did it is because for the last what 10 years i want to say people have one by one been coming forward and saying that um trade has done things to them, has raped them, and it's like nobody pays attention to it. And anytime mm. anybody comes forward to say anything, if they don't get the side eye, it seems like and it's mostly women, it seems like other women's response is, he trades songs, he ain't gotta rape nobody. Uh-huh. And to me, mm. that's ignorant. If you think yeah. that because someone is good looking, they're mm. not gonna rape someone, that kind of gives them a blanket to do it. It's crazy. It's so, crazy. Um, and then also, again, Tasha K also did an interview that kind of made me give a side eye. She interviewed uh Mary J. Blige's um stepdaughter or ex-stepdaughter, because you know Mary J. Blige just got a divorce. Divorce. Mm-hmm. So she interviewed Tasha uh Mary J. Blige's ex-stepdaughter about I want to say it. she released it about maybe three weeks ago um, in this interview the girl details having a sexual encounter with Trey and Tasha asked the girl do you think all of these allegations coming out against him are actually rape or that he just likes it rough and maybe it scares these girls because they're not into that type of thing or something of that nature I kind of got the vibe that the girl just didn't want to say anything too negative to, oh, to wow. put the, the aim on her because it has been said that um, Trey's lawyers and things are trying to use like intimidation tactics and things of that nature to get these girls to back down Mm. And um, she and she talked about their encounter that they had. Of course, she said this was about maybe like 15, 20 years ago. She said she was like maybe in her early 20s when this happened. And she did say that during the encounter, he was choking her. And you know, like people get kinky. Mm-hmm. So he said she was he was choking her, but he was choking her to the point where she really could not breathe. And she said it triggered a um, a traumatic experience for her that she had at one point, but she didn't realize that it was triggered until he stopped and asked her if she was okay, and then she realized she was crying. Mm. Okay, so but but from you saying that, I go back to the the woman's question: like, do he just like it really, really rough? And him being Trey Songs, now he raped me? Or did he really rape them? Cause now is cause cause that's kind of what I get from it. Like you wanted to have sex with me not knowing what I was coming with. And I like it really, really rough. You not knowing that I do it to you. And now 
since now it's you right. feel some type of way, it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a the questions that that's a good question because the question that I have, Kyla, is what details have been out there uh, again? And this is obviously it's not the first time he's been accused of rape. So it's actually to me, the um the last girl that filed with this particular lawyer she was actually the 13th victim to come oh my god okay all right so so there's a pattern (laughs) so obviously there's a pattern okay and that's the point i'm driving at there's got to be a pattern so the question is what constituted rape in every one of those cases was it that they said no or was it that because it's Trey Songs after some rough sex they're like look how can I get some money I'm gonna sue his ass for rape you know that's, those are the two questions that come to mind but yeah. based on the fact that there's that's this many I think there's a problem yeah. okay I think there's a problem and, and let's not forget what in 2017 Kiki Palmer came forward with her allegations against him about how he was trying to coerce her and to be honest I feel like her story was a little bit fabricated and I'm not going to say to the point that it was fake I think she tweaked her story a little bit so that she would be targeted Uh no not to sensationalize it I feel like she was trying not to be targeted by his because they do say that his like bodyguards and his like goons and stuff or whatever like they really do hard down try to intimidate these women out of filing police reports out of filing um, lawsuits and things of that nature now that is one all of these women did file police reports like you know in a lot of these cases oh i never told anybody i never filed a police all of these women took the proper precautions Mm -hmm. immediately after Mm. yeah that's um yeah that's that's well, I tell you, that sounds like there's something. There's something about. There's something serious about these charges. Well, we probably um, bro got a. We probably homeboy got a problem. We probably not gonna know anything until years later, just like what happened with homeboy. So, <laughs> he well, gonna- I'm actually gonna follow the case because I find it very interesting. Because I've been listening, like I've been having yeah. my ear to the street all these yeah. years. Uh about once a year once every two years somewhere around there you hear somebody come out and be like Trey Songz raped me and people just be like girl shut the fuck up and go about their like they don't (laughs) but it keeps popping up right but it keeps happening it keeps happening and then um, another thing that really did it for me was I don't know if you guys saw it but when his OnlyFans video got released when someone posted a clip from one of his OnlyFans videos where he was having sex with these two women and he was like spitting on them. Like the way, I know some people are into that, but it was like the look in his eyes and the way he was doing it. It was just like, okay, he likes some weird shit. Mm. Like he's into some some pretty like BDSM extreme shit. Like he's not vanilla at all. Right. <laughs> you like and, that word. He's got some extreme fetishes, right? <laughs> right. Huh? That's, That's crazy. crazy. Like that word vanilla. That's the proper term for it. <laughs> like when they when they when someone isn't really into like kinky stuff or anything, they're just into like regular normal. Yeah, it's, that's called vanilla. It's called vanilla. <laughs> 
That's funny. Oh my god. But yeah, no, Kyla, I think you you you're following a very uh serious case here. Um this situation, and this story. It's deeper than um, um deeper than I thought. One of the girls that allowed her name to be released, she's claiming that her situation happened after one of Diddy's uh infamous parties down in his mansion in Miami. And wow. um she uh, actually was on the verge of getting a settlement out of the situation. Um, the only thing that set them back on the settlement, they went to litigation, they agreed on an amount, all of that stuff. The only thing that set them back was her previous lawyer before Miss um, Ariel Mitchell took over her case. She had a lawyer prior to her, but she felt like the lawyer wasn't doing everything that he should have been doing because she said like he wasn't explaining to her like when they would go to trial or when they would go sit down. He wasn't right. like explaining to her in normal terms what, to what was happening, what yeah. was yeah. going on, what was being said. So mm-hmm. she right. felt like he was leaving her out of the loop on like what was because she didn't understand. She didn't understand mm-hmm. what was happening. So you understood. So no she, telling what he was really doing. Yeah. Right. So she sought um other legal um litigation from Ariel. That's how she found Ariel, because she was like, Okay, this guy is like he don't have my best interest at heart. So I'm looking for someone else. That's when she reached out to Ariel. Now, what makes me believe that all of these cases can hold up is that when Ariel joined in, that's when they were kind of in the situation where they were going to sit down and reach a, reach an agreement. Yeah. They was like, okay, we're willing to settle X, Y, and Z. That's kind of when Ariel came in. So Mm. at that point, the other lawyer was kind of salty that the um the the defendant asked for another lawyer so he went and filed a motion against the case to basically stop the payment what basically wow. he filed a motion stating that any money that they got would have to go through him first since he was the first lawyer on the case, and then oh they my would god, what that could happen like over. that? Wow! Apparently so. Wow! I never heard wow. that before. That kind of put a monkey wrench in things, and yeah. So instead of getting the settlement, when he did that, that made Trey Song's lawyers respond back with um, basically saying that the first lawyer didn't serve him properly. So because they responded when he did that, that triggered them to do that. So when they when they um, filed the motion saying that he never filed, he never um, served Trey Songs properly, then that threw everything out the window with the litigation they was working on. So it kind of sounded like he working for them. Yeah. So he had to uh, I mean, he Ariel, when she came in, she basically had to refile the case because because of he was being a bitter bitch, he got the case thrown out. Yeah, yeah. So she had to wow. refile. And when she refiled, that's when the two other girls came forward with their evidence. And one of the things Ariel said was, um, she does not take a case unless she can do her own investigation and see that all the evidence adds There is merit. Yeah, there is merit. these girls yeah. have text message proof of Trey Songz either apologizing about the encounter or wow. asking them not to say certain things or not to wow. say certain things. Of course, she couldn't get into it because of yeah. it's in the case. But right. basically, 
from upon her research and upon the evidence that the girls were able to bring to the table, she has sufficient evidence and says that she feels confident in the fact that being that an offer was already on the table when she came in, she said with the evidence she has, she is very confident that she can get that offer back on the table because it's all there. Wow. From the hospital visits to the police reports to text messaging, all of that. Wow. That is so crazy because for me, the question that keeps popping up over time as I've watched stuff on TV and on media, learning about people like Bill Cosby Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, the most infamous one, you know, who believes I can. Yeah, I I believe I can fly. Mr. I believe I can fly. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like, what is it that goes on in the mind of somebody who, I guess, who's got influence. For them to think that they can just do any old kind of thing and get away with it. It gets That boring. just don't make no as, sense to me. As someone who works in the fetish industry, yeah. no, I don't do, like, sexual fetishes. Sure. Like, or what sure. a normal person would consider or what a vanilla person would consider sexual. Right. I right. don't do those type of fetishes, no. Sure. But... Uh-huh. From working in like the wrestling and the foot fetish and yeah. I've done uh-huh. giantess and hypnotism and uh-huh. there's literally a fetish for everything. Balloons. Uh, yeah, all I believe it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It gets boring. A lot of the men that order these videos, buy these videos, see these videos, one, they have money. It's disposable yeah. income. Because a lot of these times they're coming up with their own script. If you're not paying upwards of, and they order multiple scripts, this is the thing. For a 15 to 20 minute clip, it's going to cost you anywhere from $500 to $800, maybe even a thousand, depending on how much like Mm -hmm. actual acting and stuff like you want. Because sometimes they come up with these elaborate skits, like out of this world skits that they, it takes real acting. So it's like they have disposable income. A lot yeah. of these men, no, I don't ask them what they do for a living or anything. Right. I don't care. If you're going to pay me, yeah. you're going to pay me. Right. Um, but it's clear that they're in positions of power. Otherwise, they yeah. wouldn't have a $1,000 yeah. to throw away on a 15-minute skit. Yeah. Sure. Like, so, from what I'm gathering and from some of them, I have become... I'm not going to say friends with, I'm probably more like companions, I guess. Cause like my loyal customers, they have my email. So they'll write me a lot or whatever. So what I gathered from some of them is that they just get bored. And a lot of times they're into shit that maybe, cause a lot of them are married. And a lot of times they're wow. into shit that maybe their wife isn't into or their wife or doesn't even know they're into. I was going to say they're not communicating that to them. Yeah, bottom line is they're not happy. That's not everybody, because I do have some of my fans whose wives do know that they're into that shit and do support them. And they support it, yeah. That um, him and his wife, they like, they watch the clips and stuff together. Together. But for the most part, I will say this, that it's it's mostly men in in position of power, they get bored. Because when you have that much money and you're in that position... Pussy, it just comes like that. Yeah. It yeah. just comes. It's going to throw yeah. itself at you. And it's yeah. it's only going to be so long until that gets boring. Mm-hmm. And then right. when it gets boring, you're going to look for the next level of excitement. 
And when that mm. next level gets born, you're gonna look for the level above that. And that's how you start getting into weird shit. Like people always wonder, oh, how do how do people get into asphyxiation and how do they get into BDSM and how do they get into going to orgy parties and doing mm. this and doing that? Because the other shit got boring. That's mm. how. Like at mm. some point that shit's not going to get you off anymore. So you're going to look for the next level that's going to get you off. And unfortunately, sometimes it leads to the struggle. Like, I I find that a lot of women are like, their response to the whole Trey Song thing right now is, oh, he too fine for that. And Mm. you don't think that at some point when women were just throwing themselves at him, that was exciting for him when he was new. Trey Song's been in the game for how long now? Been a while. He's been a while. The first couple years, yeah, that was probably exciting. People just throwing themselves at him. Yeah. But at a point, that becomes normal. For the average guy, that's not normal. For him, Mm -hmm. that's normal. So that's not exciting anymore. So maybe for him, that next level of excitement are the women that aren't willing participants. Mm. And it's fucked up to think about it like that. But if you're supposed to people throwing themselves at you, what Mm -hmm. would the next level of excitement be from that? Somebody that says no or somebody that shuts it down or somebody that doesn't even know they're participating. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. It's a mindset. It's just a mindset. And um, the thing is, my issue has always been Look, I've got love for everybody. My thing is this. As long as I am engaged in any activity that's not doing anybody any harm, I don't care. I'm good. I'm good with you. You know, I don't care about your lifestyle. I don't care about nothing. But the moment that you feel like you could take advantage of somebody is when I I get a problem. I have a problem. Yeah. Taking advantage of another human being is a problem that I have. That's that's criminal. That's where that's where the evil of of this you know of this life is all about to me. One the of evil the is when you're trying to do somebody wrong. A um, she was like one of the number one draft picks out of the um, the the college basketball thing. I can't remember her name right now, but she's actually one of the one of the girls that has a lawsuit out against him right now. And when she wow. came out way back when, when this happened, she had to be like 19 years old. Wow. So, how old is Trey Songs anyway? How old is Trey Songs? He's got to be at least 40. I'll look it up while y'all on this thing. Look it up right now. He's got to be at least 40. How old is he? He's 37. 37? He's 37. Okay. And 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 the, and the real question is, what's his song? <laughs> what's that? Uh, he was born November 28th, so that makes him a Sag. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, 37. Mm. Um, based off of a zodiac sign, I'll say yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he a Sagittarius, he a rapist. <laughs> Sagittarians are raping. No, based off of um, not being, not uh, wanting to be told no, their sexual—I don't know what I'm trying to say—but they they like sex a lot, and they have a little bit of temper side. So, 
put all that together plus what these ladies are saying and the information that you have, I say yes. Wow. Wow. You know, that's actually, now I want to start researching. Yeah, now I want to start researching the other guys, see when their birthdays are. (laughs) Well, on top of that, not to get into another topic, but on top of that, um, Chris Brown has two. He has two two cases. One is actually active right now. Um... Well, I technically, I guess I could say three. Two are being represented by the same woman that's representing the women with Trey Songs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And he actually has one that is an active investigation in France. And that one happened about, about I want to say, 2018, maybe, was, was when that one was filed. And it's still being actively investigated. Um mm. So these three women are claiming that Chris Brown raped them. And actually, one of the women that Miss um, Ariel is representing that's alleging that Chris Brown raped her, again, it was at a Diddy party. Um, Dang, so Diddy it's is- like a common pattern. It's like you go to Diddy parties, you get raped. Exactly. And I don't know why he not being investigated at this point. Because exactly. It seemed like a lot of shit happened at his, his parties. Right. Hey, I don't... Um, I don't okay so <laughs> you know a lot on TV like a lot of shows I've been watching they talk about these big parties from like the industry and it's really like putting you at a higher position like depending on which room you go into it puts you at a higher position and you don't Mm. know what's going on in them rooms like people that you didn't think were gay are actually like if you accidentally open the room you'll see two men going at it when you thought one of them was like this gangster with all kind of women around him when he's really being bent over by someone but like just looking at tv by itself like these tv shows these little things that they put in there they're actually saying this stuff like be careful on what room you go into be careful on which what party you decide to go to wow this is so interesting i've heard that way too many times from like people who were trying to get in the industry like they have this one interview i don't know if you've seen it it's a rapper i don't know where he's from I'm going to have to find the interview um, and I'm going to post the link in the description for this video. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for this uh, podcast, but um, it, he's in a barbershop and he's like just talking openly about because everybody in the barbershop is like asking him questions. And one of the questions they asked was, you were supposed to sign this major contract and become this major rapper or whatever. Like basically he was up next. And they was like, why did you turn it down? Because they said you walked away from this contract. And he basically was like, because they wanted me to get fucked in the ass for this contract. And I was like, hell no, I'm not with that shit. I'm not gay. You're not about wow. to get me over. You're not about to fuck me. Right. To get me to sign sign away my life on this contract. And then y'all get to control everything I do, everything I say, everything I everything I am. No, I'm not cool with that. And he was like, that's right. why I turned around and walked away. And he actually detailed being at one of these industry parties and wow. seeing all of this happen. And he wow. was expected to participate. And he was like, nah. Much respect. Much respect for that. 
In other words, he was like, I'm not selling my soul to the devil. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's wild. But I've heard a lot of stories like I'm talking about even including people in the Christian gospel industry. Stuff that had to go down in order for them to get the contract or the record league record deal. Crazy stuff. I'm like, what? This is ridiculous. It's crazy. And I just, I don't know. Now, with the Chris Brown allegations, I don't know. I'm, I, she didn't really, she couldn't really speak about a whole lot because one, uh, Chris Brown's lawyers haven't been served yet. She she said she did notify them that they are about to get served within the next week or so. Um, but she said because they haven't been served yet, she couldn't say a whole lot. But she did say that one of the um, one of the girls does have text messages from Chris Brown. This was the allegation. The allegation was that at this party, he slipped drugs into her mouth off of his finger so like mm. he had he had ecstasy or whatever kind of drug on his finger and stuck his finger in her mouth and mm. um she said she probably had like maybe she said she remembers having one whole drink and she was fine but she said she remembers by the time she got to that second drink she was kind of out of it at that point she said she doesn't remember fin- even finishing the second drink and wow. when she woke up, he was on her or getting off of her. I should say he had did what he had to do. She does have text messages from the morning after that of him asking her to take a plan B pill mm. because he ejaculated in her and he said he mm-hmm. didn't mean to. <laughs> How you didn't mean to do something. And then so after the fact, you say. documented in text message. So I'm wow. kind of curious as to how all of that is going to play out, too. Wow. Wow. Yo, this is deep. It is. It's really we got crazy. some crazy people in this world. It seems like it's getting worse and worse. No, it's you know what it is? Or I think is it this that is, we I just think... have access to it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. been going on forever. It's just that now the visibility of it and yeah. the, the information, the fact that we have, like Tyla said, we have access to so much information. Mm-hmm. We're in an instant information society. It's becoming more, we're pe- people are becoming more aware of this thing. Because if you, but really I think that's a good thing because, Bill you know, Cop- we need to go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, sweetie. I was going to say, like, when you really think about it, like with Bill Cosby, this isn't new cases that came forward and said, oh, you raped me last year. Uh This is women from like the 60s, 70s, 80s saying that this happened to them. And back then, women didn't really have a voice to say things like this. Exactly. he, He admitted to it. It mm-hmm. wasn't like he was like, nah, I ain't do that. He but, did it. But, okay, so, so, all right, I'm going to have to go here. I, okay, so, <laughs> with Bill so Cosby, good. that one is a little different because in the 60s and 70s, people was popping pills all together and all this other stuff so baby you didn't just take this pill and not know what it was you knew exactly what it was and you knew exactly who he was so uh-huh. so with Bill Cosby they didn't have enough evidence for them 
just for me to say with that one i was into it because i don't know why but i was into it with the bill Cosby situation i didn't feel like it was enough evidence and it wasn't it really wasn't um it really wasn't enough being said oh i don't remember because it was this many years ago okay it don't matter how many years ago it was um when i was touched i can tell you every detail today and i was mm. young if something mm-hmm. traumatic like that happens to you you're going to remember everything. you're going to remember everything yes, yes i agree drugged or not okay what happened after you woke up well it's a little foggy because it was years ago no i don't care mm-hmm. how many years ago it was you're going yeah to you just want money yeah yep. on top of that he was trying to buy a channel and once he announced he was trying right. to buy this channel yep. things went left well, I think I think the thing that went down with Cosby is because of the fact that Cosby, Cosby was black. A black man goes to a major network and tell them, I want to buy you. That was the most insulting thing that a white man had ever heard in their, their entire life about a black man wanting to come to them to buy their company. And they were like, you know what? Because of that, we're going to we're going to take you out. OK, we're going to make your life miserable. Because we don't like what you just did. The fact that you could come that correct with us and act like you could come and buy us, nah, it ain't happening like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I have no racial uh, hatred towards any ethnic group. But bottom line is, this is what I think went down with Bill Cosby. Because after that is when all this stuff started coming out. Mm -hmm. Shortly after that. Yep. So I'm not... I'm not saying he didn't do those things. And let me not say uh-huh. that. But uh-huh. for the woman that's saying, I don't remember, it's foggy, it was years ago, that don't make sense to me at all. I don't care how mm. old you are, how many years ago it happened, you're going to remember it. Because it well, was- here's my thing, though. Here's my thing about the Cosby thing. Because, I look, I used to hold Bill Cosby to such a high esteem level until... I, I saw a full documentary on it and I was like, oh my God, I'm so disappointed. See, the thing is, they didn't know when they he offered them a drink, they didn't know that he had slipped the drugs in. That's the problem. A lot of these cases are when they woke up is when they felt funny and they felt weird and it was like, wait a minute, what just happened? You know, including a girlfriend of his that he was dating for six or eight months. It was six to eight months into the friendship that he did that to her. And I was like, yo, that's so crazy. Why would you do that to your girlfriend? And then here's what came up after that. He she started getting visits from people that would drop envelopes full of cash at her um, at her doorstep on a regular basically to shut her up so yeah that's what i'm saying i'm not saying he did not do it but on yeah. i did hear that camille that's his wife name oh uh-huh mm-hmm. i did his most recent wife i did hear that camille she with the shit wow what do you it mean was- what you mean like, in other I, words, she's supportive of his actions, his behavior. Like, yeah, like she knew that he would go out there and sleep with other women or whatever, and she was fine with that. Like, she that's why they said she didn't trip when all of this happened because she knew. Wow, that's crazy. That is cray cray. 
That is totally crazy. But don't you think, wouldn't you think that like, I think a lot of celebrity relationships are like that because they expect that if you're with somebody with such a high um, demand, that they mm-hmm. they would go out and sleep with other people. I mean, they have people throwing themselves at them just because of who they are. Absolutely. And look, because of this, because and look, and look, as his wife, and look, I'm a man, but I'm just I'm just putting it out there how I perceive things. As his wife, who's who understands the industry, she's probably a look. I know you're gonna have women all the time all around you, okay? I know that. So she probably had an agreement with him. Look, this is how we're gonna do. You let me live this life, certain lifestyle. You, as long as you treat me right, you give me my money, and blah blah blah. You do you, and I'ma do me. If that's boo-boo. okay, then we we good. <laughs> boo boo, I'ma do me. You know, boo-boo. it's it's mutual consent. That's that. I, I could see that. I think that's why Cardi keeps taking uh, offset, offset back. back. Wow. I think she gets jealous. Yeah. It's with other women. I think like I don't think it's that she doesn't expect him to. I think is that she gets jealous because I mean she's a POC. She's Hispanic. Like so they gonna get jealous, they're gonna catch an attitude, but I think at the end of the day she'd be like, Well, you know what, I'll be doing my thing too, so let me go back. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I really to be honest, I really, really like I really, really like Cardi. Like She's around our age. She she says what's on her mind. She don't she's like free spirited. She don't care what nobody says. She just her. And she's been her even when her teeth was messed up and all this before all the work and all that stuff. She was Cardi. So she's she 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 said it herself like whatever. He know where home is type situation. And he keep going back too. Like you keep going mess with this one, but you back at home with Cardi, like, come on. So she probably yeah. like, yeah, whatever. He he, I'm gonna do me too, little Right. Now, now that you said that, this is what I want to ask because did y'all see the baby situation that just happened? What baby? No. No. So, oh, the girl, the baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have yeah, not. The, okay, so the baby just beat up his last baby his mm-hmm. most recent baby mama Danny Lee or Danny Lay however you say it she uh-huh. just beat up her brother at the bowling alley like what last week or week before last and the video went viral so okay um it kind of arose a discussion of artist development because you know at one point in time when you got signed to a major label Part of being signed to that major label, they had a section called artist development. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. that was funds basically allocated to teaching an artist how to be an artist versus just signing them and letting them still run around. Do whatever you do. Yeah. Whatever they uh-huh. want. Uh-huh. Um, nowadays, they don't do that because they say they don't have the funds or they don't have the money for that anymore. I think it's because it draws more attention when you just let them genuinely be themselves. But then you get situations like this where they're costing you more money than anything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think one of my questions is, do you think artist development should be implemented again into these major labels when they sign these people, especially people that come out the hood? 
because they don't have the social skills to they deal really with the level of fame. Mm. That's, That's a good question. Thing. And I think it's I think it's a I think there's some value to actually having a program specifically set up. I think the organization, the record label is I think it's a smart move to have something like that because of situations like you just described with the baby. It's like you just your pattern of behavior can have a significant impact on your career, you know. And so you can't just do any old kind of thing just because of the fact that you're famous. And so you're going to be able to have to learn some basic things. That's the thing. Like, it's not like he's had multiple situations like this. There was the video where he punched the the hotel guy. It was like a guy that worked at a hotel. He punched him and knocked him out in the lobby. There's a video of him punching this woman, like a fan in the face. She was just trying to get a video of him while he was walking through the club or something like that. He punched her in the face. And then it's like he doesn't even apologize. Like his 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 damn apology was I didn't know that was a female behind the camera, but she oh, still shouldn't have got a camera in my face. Oh, like, that's ridiculous. Not an apology, dude. That's, that's like, ridiculous. That's just Yeah. But this situation, now Danny Lay's brother is suing him. And I'm like, what did you what the fuck did you think was gonna happen? Right. So I, if to to answer your question, I think they only needed I mean, they have to know their background first. You know, where they come from, what kind of trouble they got into before you were famous, what's your temper, things of that nature. Then we could decide, do we want to use this money to get you where we want you type thing? See, uh, I didn't know. Okay, you know how he's always rapping about the guys he shot at Walmart or whatever. So... I did not know until learning more about that specific situation. Um, he's always bragging about shooting this guy at Walmart. Well, first of all, it was two guys that he shot at Walmart. <laughs> One died. It was two. This is crazy. You said they One, died? One died. Oh, my God. Um, And this was before he got super, super famous. This was when he was still running around on stage wearing diapers and shit. But oh my goodness. um he was in Walmart and you the way he raps about it, you wouldn't think it was children, but it was two teenagers that he shot. One died. Um, and they were just trying to get an autograph from him. They saw him in Walmart with his baby mama. They was just trying to get an autograph from him. He caught an attitude and said some slick shit to them. So in reaction, they said some slick shit back to him. And he pulled out a gun and started shooting. And the coroner reports and all of the evidence from that day in the in the in his songs, he tries to make it sound like it was self-defense. And that was his case was well, the case that his attorneys made was that it was self-defense. But if you look at all the evidence, he shot them in the back. They were running. Wow. Oh my god. I just I just I'm just I'm just floored. I just don't get this. Yeah. So so we know the answer. That don't to make if, no sense. If the baby needs uh development, artist development. Oh, without question. <laughs> without question, besides anger management, I mean anger management one oh one should be like automatic Top for tier. him. You know, but this whole thing about just 
social, just his basic social skills, he got problems. Oh, definitely. sounds like it to me. I but mean, I think a lot of these new age artists could use artist development, or if the labels aren't going to re-implement it because they keep claiming they don't have the funds to re-implement it anymore. Um, because it, it back in the day, it took years. That's why some of these some of these artists they were working on their first albums for like two, three, four years before it ever came out. But because they were going through artist development, they were learning how to talk to the press, how to talk to like you know uh, paparazzi, how to talk to fans, how to engage with reporters, how to answer certain questions to where you kind of remember back in the day you kind of had mystery to celebrities or to yeah, artists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. it's just no filter. They just let yeah. all of their business fly out there. They just do and say whatever. And it's because no one is teaching them, hey, you're on this new level where people are going to try you. People are going to try to get that reaction out of you so they can get a lawsuit. People are going to try to do this so they can this, that, and the other. I think that's why it's more popular these days where you're getting all of these videos with these artists reacting because no one's there to actually sit there and teach them Okay, the result of you doing this, it might feel good at the time, but when they hit you with a $25 million lawsuit because you yeah. bitch slap them, don't yeah. you, can't, you can't cry about it after that. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's so sad. I'm telling you, it's sad. To, to just literally sign a contract with somebody you don't know no, you know, it could be a, it could be a freaking serial killer. It could be a R. Kelly. I mean, the guy was a freaking, he's a, he's a freaking monster, in my opinion. In he's light a of genius, but he's a monster. Yes, yeah. he's so no hit yeah. He's such a genius. Yeah, his music is on point. You got to give it to him. Juice. You know, you got to give it to Wait, him. His music is on point. Thing. They said this man can't read. How? Who R. Kelly? Yes. You, wow. That just makes you even more of a genius that you could come He's up a with genius, all yeah. and He's can't a genius. even read. Wow. That's wild. Crazy. So, wow. to segue into my next question, so I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's this video that went viral on TikTok a couple weeks back, and it was um, a seemingly white mom consoling her white daughter and in the video the daughter is crying like crying hysterically she's upset so they're mm -hmm. asking her why she's upset and she says she's upset because her black friend told her that she couldn't come to her sleepover party the the okay so the white girl was having a sleepover she says she was upset because her black friend told her she asked her mom and her mom said she cannot go to her sleepover. And when she asked why, she said, because my mom said, I can't go to sleepovers at white people's houses. And the video went viral because this family started trying to get people to verbally attack this family, this black family for making a statement and was trying to call them racist and um, basically she was being put out there for basically trying to cultivate her daughter's white tears to the masses they even took it as far as to go up to the school mm -hmm. and to try to get the family in trouble mm -hmm. for the situation and mm. I feel like they aren't looking at it 
And one of the responses back, she was like, we're not even white. We're Hispanic. You're white passing Hispanic. Because there's black Hispanics and then there's white Hispanics. You're white right. passing Hispanics. Because if you're Hispanic, I couldn't tell. So, right. didn't, But didn't they never, they didn't talk to the mom until the school situation? It's really the little girl who said that. The mom never knew anything about it yet. Now that part, I'm not sure. I was only seeing the 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 first half and then I saw that they did go up to the school and try to ask that they get in trouble. And then I saw that um, the school, when the school talked to the black girl's parents or mom, the mom was like, I said, no, like that it is what it is. And the school was just like, well, what y'all want us to do about it? Like, and just kind of like, like, dude, I don't like, okay, your child's feelings are hurt, but there's nothing we could do about it. Yeah, like freaking mind your damn. Well, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be 100 raw. People are gonna decide what they want to do when it comes to parents and their children. The parents have the final say. Parents says, "No, I don't want you sleeping at no white people house." Guess what? That's what it is. You can't do nothing about that. That's just life, okay? So you're gonna have to deal with that. I That's just what it is. I think they want I mean, social media to deem these people as racist, and I don't see it as racist. That's BS. It ain't no racist. That just shows you cultural differences. Because you know, mm. we can't spend the night at nobody, no anybody house. Right. But well, that's a given, period. Like I mm-hmm. need to know your parents. I need to know who they know. I need to know right. who their family is. I mm-hmm. need to know where they stay at. I need to know mm-hmm. what they do in their house. Like, black parents gonna ask any and every question before you go sleep to somebody's house. Ask period. questions? Mm-hmm. No, they need to mm-hmm. go there. They need to meet the person. Yeah. Like, exactly. I never met her mama before. Like, <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that it was a conversation that triggered between two kids and then the parents are getting involved at the, you know, when the tail end, I got a problem with it because it's like, what What do you do at this point? Nothing to do. It's like, okay, well, I may disagree with the with the with the parent that's saying that I just don't want you to go to white people house. I may disagree with that in in general, but guess what? It's that parent's prerogative. So I ain't got no problem with your prerogative. However you think, I don't care as long as you ain't messing with me. It was I'm a, good. It was a backstory that I seen where the mom was like. Nobody called me. Nobody told me anything about a sleepover. My daughter came to ask me about a sleepover. And I told her, no, I don't know those people. So right. the daughter put it upon herself to tell the little girl, no, um, mm. I'm not allowed to sleep at white people's house. When, you know, yeah. her mama probably was mad. Like, you're not going to sleep over there to that white woman's house? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was going off washing dishes or something. Like, I don't know that white woman, you know. But she probably didn't mean anything about it. But kids being Absolutely. kids, the child probably uh-huh. was like, no, I'm not allowed to sleep at You're trying to spice yeah. it up and to try to get her way. The woman was like, no adult called me to ask me nothing about my child going over there. And then uh-huh. and then um, the woman was like, how is somebody supposed to call you if we don't know your number? Exactly. So why would you want my child at your house? Come on now. It just don't make no sense. I just don't make no sense. My take on it, even though that's, that's, that's facts and that came out of the mom's mouth, 
the debate that it sparked in the comments I was reading and it, it intrigued me because mm-hmm. you got to see two different sides of America. Yeah. yeah. You got uh-huh. to see um, the white parents in the comments really felt like it was racist. One, first of all, white people. Black people cannot be racist. And I was exactly because <laughs> racism is held by the masses. So if we do not have the power to oppress you and to physically oppose racism upon you, we cannot be racist. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. literal. And they just changed the definition of racism. I'm going to get back to what I'm going to say, but I want to point this out. Um, mm. What, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, because of Whoopi Goldberg's situation that she got in trouble for on, what's the show she's on, The View? The View. Uh-huh. When she got in trouble for her what she said on that episode of The View and got suspended or whatever it was they did to her, mm-hmm. they literally went that same day and changed the definition of racism on the internet. But thank God people were fast enough to go and screenshot it prior to them changing the definition of racism because on the show she she even said this the definition of racism is a group of people or a person who actually has the power to oppress a group of people black Mm -hmm. people do not have the power to oppress a group of people there's nothing black people right now can do to make a white person feel oppressed well, yeah. Well, let me let me. I agree with you, but let me put it in perspective. Wherever you are in a situation where there is a group of people, let's just say fifty people, okay, and majority of the people are of I don't care what the ethnicity is, they could be Chinese. Guess what? If it's forty people that are Chinese in that group, and the forty people decide that they're gonna push whatever they want to happen to the other ten. That's racism. Okay. But they have that's to be racism. in a situation to make that happen, Wes. Exactly. Exactly. Cannot, that's right. We are not in the position to make laws to make that's white right. people or Asian people. So no, we do not have the power to oppress. Well, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so um with that being said, the debate that was sparked was being looked at as, oh, that's racist. For her to say that, that's racist. And I don't think they understand that when we leave with white people, sometimes we don't come back. That's true. And I'm, there's many occasions that still happen till this day where we do not make it home. So you hmm. have to understand that if a black mom was to say, I don't allow my black children to go sleep at white people's houses, it's, it's perfectly okay. A discriminatory, mm-hmm. a, a discriminatory point of view, because if that was the case, you wouldn't be going to school with white people. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You have I to agree look at you. it as a whole in America. When it we ain't racism. It definitely wasn't racism. I didn't see racism at all. Mm-hmm. We do not mm-hmm. make it home. Mm-hmm. That's true. We live in a and country nothing, where nothing yeah. gets done about it. We do not get found. If we do get found and we're all mangled and beaten and battered and dead, no one cares. Mm. 
yeah, we try. did not get a, a thorough investigation like mm-hmm. a white girl or a white boy would if they were to mm-hmm. go missing. We do not get treated like we're a person when we do go missing. So, yes, there's a lot of things that black parents have to worry about that maybe a white parent wouldn't have to worry about. You're so absolutely right. Don't, they take everything personal in that way. Don't take it personal. If right. y'all had a history of coming up missing every time y'all left with black people, trust me. You'd be thinking differently. You'd be thinking differently. Yeah. The unfortunate. Yep. Kyla, the unfortunate thing about the people that are up in arms, especially the folks that are white or that are up in arms with whatever the comment is they feel offended with. It's because they have no frame of reference. They cannot relate to our experience. And because they can't relate you know, they have these weird ideas like, oh, my goodness, it's unfair. Please, you don't know. You don't even know what you're talking about. You never felt you never lived through what we've lived through. So you can't even have a conversation. You just need to shut up. Period. I don't I don't care. I don't even want to hear it. OK, because I laughed when you when you first brought it up, because I was like, wait a minute. Hold up. We got some people going up in arms for what? What's racism? I'm sorry. It ain't going to hold in a court of law. This is the thing. I and pe- you know what? A lot of people really be like, "Oh, that was so long ago. That doesn't happen anymore." Yes, it does. Well, yes, it does. It happens yeah. every day. You're just not on the right side of the news or the right side of the world to hear about it or know about it because it gets covered up every day. I and the news don't report it. Yeah, there's a situation that I even reached out to you about, Wes. Yeah, where mm-hmm. I'm telling you about the little boy out here. Um, yes. Uh, Raquan Charles. Yes. His parents, or well, I spoke with his his aunt, who is the representative of the family right now. Okay. Um. In October of 2020, he came up missing. He was missing for I want to say three days. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. They found his body face down in a drainage ditch in a cane field. He was 20 miles away from his home. He is from Baldwin, Louisiana. His parents did not know where he was. Come to find out, the night he went missing, he was picked up from his home, unbeknownst to his parents, because this white mom, Janet, I can't remember her last name. Her first name is Janet. She did not think to even ask the parents, is it okay if I come pick your kid up? He's 15 years old, or he was 15 years old. Why did she pick him up? Huh? Why did she pick him up? She picked him up from his dad's house. His mom and his dad are separated. He was staying at his dad's house. Apparently, he snuck out. The dad didn't know he left. Wow. Okay. She hmm. picked him up from the house. To me, as an adult, you would make that communication with the parent to mm-hmm. make sure it's okay. You're picking this kid up. Yeah. So how did they find out she picked him up? Because when they reported him missing and they saw that they reported him missing, then she stepped forward to say that she picked him up from the house that the night he went missing. Mm. They reported him missing the same night because the mom was on her way to pick him up from the dad's house. When she got to the dad's house, they, um, the dad went to the room and realized that the, the door was locked. So he got into the room and saw he was missing. So apparently he snuck out the window. And he didn't come out the front door, so she didn't find that suspicious. 
Now, I don't know if she saw him coming out the window because that was never mm. said. He could have mm. already came out the window and just been waiting at the street. Oh, true. Yeah. true. Now, oh, I no, don't okay. know about that part, mm-hmm. but even, even so, you don't think that you would talk with someone's parents about that? It's you so crazy. You here picking kids up? That don't make no sense. No, something wrong with that. So where she was supposed to be bringing him? She picked him up in Baldwin, brought him to um his dad's house. No, no, she brought him to her house. She was living in because she moved. Uh, she was living in um what's that back there by uh in the back of New Iberia? It starts with an L. Um. The little city back there, the little, it's not even a city, it's a town. I don't know. Um, it's not, uh, shit. Let it's me okay. Hold on. Hmm. This happened two years ago. Yes. Um, so yeah, but it was 20 miles away. That's the, that's the point. So she took him from Baldwin, drove him 20 miles out into the country and brought him to her house. Now, in between that and the town he was found dead, from what I keep reading, the, the, the details, I should say, Mm -hmm. are, um, they don't make sense to me. Right. Because what they're saying is uh Kwan Charles, let me see. Um, where did they found him? L- is it Lotel? I never heard of it. So yeah, they took him back there and they found his body in the ditch. So what's being said from them, because they're like the only really eyewitnesses from the last time he was seen alive. Mm -hmm. One, they asked, why wasn't it reported sooner that he went missing if y'all were the last ones to see him? And the boyfriend, which by the way, the boyfriend's name is Tyler Tyler LaGrosse. I went to school with him. I've been going to school with him since middle school. But whose boyfriend was that? Janet, the white woman. Okay. So, so the she said that she didn't report it sooner, like the moment he went missing, because the boyfriend told her to wait. So Tyler told Janet to wait. So she did. And that's why she didn't come forward soon enough and say that he was so say missing. So he left, they're saying he left their house? He left their house. So what's being said on their end is that an argument ensued. What do adults have to argue with a 15-year-old child about? I don't fucking know. That they went go pick up and drove out into the country? I don't know. That is extremely suspicious to me. Yeah. But they're saying that an argument ensued and he took off walking. And you allowed that. That yeah, knowing that he's like super fucking. Tyler and Janet, Tyler and Janet have to be grilled to no end. I'm sorry because that just don't make no sense to me. Yeah, 
Laurelville. She took him oh, to Laurelville. Okay, okay. So he lived in Baldwin. She picked him up in Baldwin, brought him back to her trailer in Laurelville. He was found face down in a drainage ditch in a sugarcane field in Laurelville. Now, the sugarcane field was about, I think they said about three to five minutes away from her trailer. Wow. And I'm not understanding. They're saying that the um, the form of death was drowning. In the sugarcane field? Thank you. That's what I was saying. I said I heard of people getting dehydrated in sugarcane fields and dying that way because it's so hot in the middle of Mm -hmm. a sugarcane field or in a sugarcane field. I've heard that before. I've never heard of someone drowning in a sugarcane field. Did they actually request an autopsy? And what was the results of the autopsy? So the... um, the sheriff did an autopsy. They said it was drowning. The family requested their own autopsy. Their their autopsy came back and said that it was drowning. But they also found traces of marijuana, um, mushrooms, and um, some other drugs in his system. So there was this mysterious phone call that came into, I think, the mom and they recorded the phone call and they released the recording, but it's kind of hard to find now. So I'm going to have to go and look for it. But when around the time this was all happening, the mom got an anonymous phone call from someone that claimed to be a neighbor saying that she did see the boy there the night he went missing and that they were doing shrooms. This person also reported seen these people um, bleach the back of their vehicle at around midnight or a little after midnight. Now, I feel like a lot of this is on the police department as well because um, when the mom, they reported the boy missing the night they realized he was missing. So they reported him missing the same night. Mm -hmm. The police department was like, oh, well, maybe he snuck out to go to the game because it was like homecoming uh, night. Okay, 48 hours. Yeah. To go to the homecoming game and they didn't take it serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and here's the here's what I always see. Look, I see this on TV all the time. The police departments, because they're so inundated with what they claim, they're inundated with so many cases and all that kind of stuff. There's a 48 hour period where if they, they they wait until 48 hours before they really even consider the case being a missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they need to know that this person is legitimately missing because within 48 hours, it could be that they came back for a couple of days. That's, that's, that's their rationale. Okay. Yeah. So, but the part that I have serious issues with is the story that are that is told by Tyler and Janet. And from that point on, that's what's really sketchy for me. It's the sugarcane field for me. Situation, what the fuck? Now, they did, the family did hire their own private investigator. Okay. And the private investigator did question Tyler and Janet and the little boy. And as what happened that night, what they remember, all this other stuff. So, um, upon the investigation... The little boy had a um, like a bandage around his hand as if something mm-hmm. had happened to his hand. So you mm-hmm. do hear the investigator ask what happened to his hand. Now, he gets two different stories. 
Um, one of the stories comes from Tyler, where Tyler says, so say he was like slap boxing with a neighbor and injured his hand. The other story comes from his mom, Janet, where Janet says, um, she, she said something completely different. She said that he hurt his hand doing something else. So it, they gave two different stories on wow. how he, how the little boy injured his hand. Yeah, that's just real sketchy. And they gave two Real different scary. time frames. That's what it was. Wow. Um, the mom was saying it had happened like two or three weeks prior. Tyler was saying it happened like a week before. Wow. Stories like that gives me the chills. Like, Yeah, it does. It does. It's just so crazy. Mm-hmm. And the and- family trying to get the FBI to take the case because um, Baldwin Police Department... They're closing the case. They're saying it's a closed case. It's done. He drowned. Whatever. Um, oh, man. And, and I, I, I get upset with stuff like that, too. They're not happy with it. And I wouldn't be happy with it either because it's obvious there was more. To say that it, it was only three days, they released pictures of um, his body once the coroner recovered his body. To say it was only three days, and I trust me, I know that there's wild animals out there in Lauraville. I know they probably mm-hmm. got bears, they probably got coyotes, they probably got all type of shit running around there. So I do kind of contribute a little bit. I'm going to give it a little bit of the damage that you see to his face and stuff to right, so wild animals. Yeah. I'll give a little bit of it. Majority mm-hmm. of it, like you could tell he kind of like got like a black eye. So you kind of feel like they took him somewhere, did some shit, and then just dropped him off. And Dumped him. That's my opinion. That's... I feel like it happened at the house. Okay. I feel mm. like my intuition is telling me that he got to that house. Something happened there. And they did, like I said, they found shrooms in his system. So they were doing drug drugs. Mm-hmm. So... At some point, I feel like if he was doing it, y'all all was doing it. He didn't just exactly. Come on now, yeah. come on now. So, it's a together thing. If you trip, the only the only reason I said took him somewhere because you said the anonymous call said they were bleaching the back of the truck. I feel like they. I mean, I don't feel like they carried him to the sugar cane field. I feel like they okay. would have put him in the back of the the van or whatever and dropped him there. Yeah. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. feel like they carried him there because that would have been too suspicious. True. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, they said they said the the sugar cane field is only about three to three five minutes five. away from yeah. their house. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. So that I do think. <coughs> so how, I think how long later night, did they find the body? How what? When did they find the body? When did they find the body? So Kawan went missing on October 30th and they found his body on November 3rd. Oh, okay. Yeah. So four days later? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I I I feel like he went to the, these people's houses thinking that the little boy's name is Gavin and he's 17 years old that he was supposed to be hanging out with. I feel like he went to these people's houses thinking that he was going to have a good time. I feel like they all started doing shrooms. Everybody's doing shrooms make you trip out. 
I feel like they tripped and attacked him. And yeah. Because they moved like two days after the story broke. What? And they allowed them to. That was the thing. Like, I was like, how could someone that's supposed to be, but that's because at the time she wasn't even being looked at as a suspect. She was not looked at as a suspect until a, maybe a couple weeks later when people kept pushing, like, why aren't y'all questioning these people that picked him up? Exactly. Exactly. And, and then you move two days later? And they did pick her up and they did, they did press charges on her. Um, but it wasn't for like what you would think it would, it's supposed to be for, which to me would be some type of murder or some type of foul play or some type of malfeasance or some. No, they picked her up and um, got her on contributing to the delinquency of a minor, which out of all the charges they could have hit her with is the least. Just that's oh. a the wrist. They yeah. picked her up. She did a couple months in jail for that. They released her to the boyfriend. They never arrested the boyfriend, never even looked at the boyfriend as a suspect. They released her to Tyler. And um, under the agreement that she will stay in town, like she can't go anywhere. But she already moved from um, from Lauraville. Like they Two are, days after. Yes. They were literally on the news. They were literally like people because... and. They're claiming that they moved because they felt like their lives were in danger because people were protesting in front of their trailer. You moved because you're guilty of something. You want to be days by later? Come on now. That sugar cane field no more. That's why, and they were claiming that the move was already something that was going to happen regardless because so say it was something they were already planning on doing. Um, but Kwan's family is saying that they feel like it was because they're guilty, and I feel like it's because they're guilty. Because what's the coincidence that a black kid is gonna come up fucking missing after being at your house, and then two or three days later you're fucking moving? Yeah, that don't make no sense to me. I'm sorry. It don't add up. That does not add up. To me, the story story started breaking down for me the moment you mentioned Tyler and Janet. And that that's when for me it was like uh those that's that's when the red flags went up for me. Right at the where you started talking about Tyler and Jan. That's where the red flags are for me. That's where they start. And I, and I, and I believe that's where breaks, the story ends. My heart breaks for this family because yeah. now they're on their last leg trying anything they can to get this national recognition, national attention. Attention, yeah. And nobody wants to pick it up. They're trying to reach out to the FBI. The FBI won't take the case. Why won't they take the case? I don't know. And you know me, what? That's, what that's really suspicious what it's sounding to me. Like, I think that either Janet or Tyler has a family member in the sheriff department. Without question. Without well, what I'm saying without question, I believe that there's got to be a reason why no major law enforcement agency wants to pick up on this story and wants to wants to close it. 
And it has to start locally because if the police station is making a decision to close the case, you got to ask the questions why. Why are they so quick to want to close the case? That's crazy. And I just feel so bad for them. Like cases like this, because my my youngest sibling, I have a younger brother. He's 18 years old. That could very well be him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I couldn't imagine what I would feel if that was to happen. So I was, I'm going to jail. Because <laughs> I'm killing somebody. Something got to exactly. happen. Yeah. And I feel I'm like killing it would somebody. be well worth it. I would be well yep. taken care of because yep. regardless of what people think about the, the inmate system, about jail and prison, if mm-hmm. you was to go to jail for something like that, like you defending your, your sibling, your brother, and it was a hate crime and all that stuff, them inmates going to take care of you. You're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. I would be okay knowing that I'm going to spend the rest of my life in jail if I was able to kill same my here. Same here. Yep, same I here. I would be okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I would do it without a hesitation. Turn myself in. Yes, I did. The blinking it. Of an eye. I did yep. this, this, and this to do it. Okay, yep. take me to jail. I'm come ready. get me. Oh, I'll call him. I will call him. Be like, yo, come get me. I'm sitting on top of the body. I'm right here. Right yeah, so I commend right them. I commend the Charles family for mm-hmm. trying to do everything the right way because I don't yeah. took the road. Yeah, I don't took the long road. I am not lying. I, yeah. I, I can feel it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in my bones, <laughs> stuff like that just gets to me because I, feel you, I know how much I love my little brother. Like I, every time, every mm-hmm. time I see it, I think about I have a little sister, I have a little brother. Yeah, them, yep. I wouldn't know what I would do. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, there's a video that went viral. It was a series of um Snapchat videos. I don't know if y'all ever saw it. It went viral like maybe like two, three years ago. Maybe four years ago. It went viral. Mm-hmm. It was like a series of Snapchat videos from a bunch of different white kids' Snapchats that they kind of put together to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. But in the video, it's a bunch of white kids hanging out at this house. I don't know if it's an abandoned house. I don't know if it was one of their houses that just the adults weren't home. All these kids were doing drugs, though. They were all like... um they were all like popping like uh, Percocets and Xanax and stuff like that. So in the video, you can see that there's one black kid there. Mm-hmm. It's like eight or nine white kids and mm-hmm. one black kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the start of the video, I mean, everything looked normal. Mm-hmm. But after, I can remember at the start of the video, I just was like in my head, I was like, go home. Like, yeah. I'm just telling him, go home. Just go home. go home. Yeah. Like, this is not the situation for you to be in. Yeah. I just knew it. And then mm-hmm. by the time they got to, like, the third or fourth, like, video slide, that's when shit started to turn. And next thing you know, one white girl was, was making claims against him that he stole from her. And then her boyfriend starts beating him up. And then all the other white kids start jumping in, right? And then oh. by the time it gets to like the sixth or seventh video, they done beat him from at first they're in the living room. They done beat mm. him from the living room to one of the bedrooms. Dang. Wow. Now I don't know how he got in the bedroom, 
But all I know is they started whooping his ass in the living room. Next thing you know, they whooping his ass in the bedroom. And they're like taking turns, like just wailing on him. And mm. it's like the point where you could see blood and teeth flying out of his mouth. Wow. Oh my God. Like it is fucking horrible. And by the time it gets to like the eight or ninth video or whatever, he's like barely even hanging Messed in. Up. Like Messed he's up. in and yeah. out of consciousness. Wow. He don't know whether he coming or going. And they are still wailing on him just taking turns just punching on him kicking him i couldn't watch nothing like that it was like i was screaming and crying and shaking the entire time and i'm like bro like why just go i just wanted him to get home and i'm really like at this point i'm praying like i hope by the end of this he's at least still alive by the end of the videos, they finally, one of the girls, and not because she felt sorry for him, finally, one of the girls says, dude, y'all are getting blood all over my room. What? Wow. That is so cool. was like, y'all need to stop because wow. y'all are getting blood everywhere. In not my room, this is it's not about him. It ain't. It wasn't even about him at all. It was about <laughs> the blood in her room. Yeah, she was like, "Y'all are getting blood everywhere." This needs to stop. So then, the next video, it's like them talking about what they're gonna do with him. Because at this point, they're like, "You need to get the fuck up and get out of here." Clearly, he can't walk at this point. Yeah. Clearly, he can't even Y'all think. Beat at him this to death. Point. Yeah. You can look at him. And tell that he's not even all there anymore. Now this is a this was a live TikTok. This was a Snapchat. It was a it was a Snapchat video. So it was like everybody at the party had their phones out or whatever, or the kickback. Because I won't say it's enough people to have a party. Like I said, it was probably like eight or nine white kids and then the black kids. Um. Oh. I'm. Everybody that was there at the house. They all had their phones out. So people actually went, thank God for the internet. People actually went and like found everybody's TikToks and put together all the videos to make it make sense nice. about what was happening. Wow. So now, has there been any um, legal um, action and enforcement taken on the people that were involved in this party? From what I know, from what I read, the girl that accused him of stealing from her, um, she had some charges pressed against her. I believe one of the other girls in the video, she had some charges pressed against her. And then the the main, the, the girl's boyfriend, the main guy that was beating on him, he had charges pressed against him. But from what I read, they say because they were minors, none of these charges were going to really stick with them. Wow. Um. Towards the end of the video, though, they ended up basically drawing straws because they were like, somebody has to bring him back to his grandma's house. So this one chick, I guess she fucking lost because she was the one that had to end up bringing him back or whatever. So they load him in the car and he's like dripping blood everywhere. Like blood is like literally gushing from his face everywhere. 
And she's like, dude, he's getting blood all over my car. And they're like, no, you got to bring him home. You have to bring him home. You got to bring him home. So they get him in the car. They buckle him in. They sneak a couple more punches in like he needed that. And then they close the door. She drops him home. From the news story that I read from that point, they dropped him on the front lawn. And his grandma found him on the front lawn. Laying like that on the front lawn. He didn't die, but he was in the hospital for, I forgot how long. He was in the hospital for at least a couple months. He had significant spinal and brain damage. Oh my God. He was basically a vegetable by the time he got to the hospital. Mm. Oh my God. That's a lot. That's just crazy. Now, where did this happen? Where did this happen? This had to be about 2017, I want to say. No, but where where did it happen? What location? Yeah, what state? Where it happened. Okay. At this Mm. point, I don't even think it matters where it happened. It's the fact that it does happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, you're right. Happens to us, the response we get back is no, it doesn't. How oh. the fuck are you gonna tell us what happens to us? Like, I yeah. even before bad things started happening, and you know what's the killer part? In one of those videos, after they done beat the complete and utter shit out of him, the girl that accused him of stealing her pills, she digs in her fucking back pocket and finds and the finds pills. her pills. Wow. Okay. And they still don't stop. Yeah. 